Can I borrow that stool? Can you hear me? Yes, you can. Good morning. Not being apathetic, worshiping, Holy Spirit coming in power. I had all the stuff that I was going to speak about this morning. <laughs> had all my notes. And the Holy Spirit said, not so fast. So bear with me. I am going where God leads. And let's see what happens. Um, First of all, I want to say to Pastor Stephen, thank you very much for this opportunity to share. This really means a lot to me. And I also want to take this time to say that we had a couple of really interesting conversations at lunch. And there have been some things that he said to me that he probably doesn't even know how much it impacted me, but it really did. So thank you. Um, Let's pray. God, we thank you because you are the author and finisher of our faith. Thank you because you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and you always start with the end in mind, and then you come back to the beginning and allow your plan to unfold. So thank you for what you will allow to unfold today. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So since the start of the year, we've been hearing a lot about who we are, why we're here, purpose, destiny, that type of flow, and we have touched on a lot of different aspects of that in the past few Sundays, just with regard to no longer doing church as normal, the challenge to see God move in a greater way than what we've seen in the past everything that we've realized before. We want to see more of that. So we're going to touch on some of that this morning. And as I said, God's changed it. So we'll just go with it. And when it's time to stop, I'll stop. Two questions. First one, is that me? Am I good? Okay, first question and I'll just throw it out on the floor. Why are you here? Do you know why you're here? Just think about that for a minute. All right, so if someone who is unchurched were to walk up to you and ask you, why are you here? What would your answer be? Good. To worship God. Anything else? Bring him glory. Be in a spiritual family, okay. To tell other people about him. So all of those are right. All of those are true. They are all correct. One of the reasons why it's important to know Why we're here is because you'll never fulfill your purpose or your destiny unless you know what it is. And to do that, you have to know why you're here. So let's back up one. Let's go one more question. Who are you? 
child of God? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'm created in his image. Yes, I am. Treasured possession. All right, so all of this we kind of know because Pastor Stevens touched on this before. So, so we know who we are. But let's just reiterate that with the word. All right, so first scripture we're going to take a look at, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And this answer's already come across the floor. Yeah, I just kind of pulled this stuff on them last minute. Genesis 1.26, yes, sir. All right. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So we'll stop just with the first half of that. So God made us in his image and he made us in his likeness. Very important that we pay attention to the two. Because sometimes we stop at image, but we don't go any further. And image and likeness are two different things. All of us in this room, along with the 6.9 billion people on the face of the earth, have all been made in God's image. But all of us don't act like it. We have God's image, but we don't have his likeness. The key is to have God's image and his likeness. Because both of them together is how you walk in your destiny and purpose. And we'll talk about that more as this unfolds. But who you are is God's image and likeness. That's who you are. You have to know that. Don't ever forget that, no matter what situation you are in, what problem arises, remember that you are made in God's image and likeness. Ever heard someone talk about a child and they say, you look just like your mom, or you look just like your dad? And the term they use is, you never heard that? Jeez. I have, because I look just like my dad. And you'll hear, the comment you'll hear is, you're their spitting image. That's what everyone always says, right? But have you ever noticed how the child acts nothing like their parent? They have their image. They don't have their likeness. <laughs> yeah, he said it. I didn't. So now the key is to have God's image and his likeness. Once you have that, it helps you with knowing why you are here. Because all of us have to know our why. You won't be apathetic about anything if you know your why. You won't struggle if you know your why. When you don't know your why, you will flounder around trying to figure it out, and you're wasting precious time because God put you here for a specific purpose, reason, and destiny. 
It is as unique as your fingerprint, which is why nobody else can do what you've been put here to do. No one can. So you have to know your why. All right? Tell you what, I've got a short video. Let's look at the video, and then we'll talk a little bit more because it will explain where I'm going with this. All right? If any of you have ever heard of a Christian comedian named Michael Jr.? Okay. So this is a short video called Know Your Why. All right? This will kind of explain where I'm going. Oh, the next thing they say is what? How do I know what? But the key really isn't to know what. The key is to know why. Because when you know your why, you have options on what your what can be. For instance, my why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. My what is stand-up comedy. My what is writing books. My what can be going out with some friends to eat. In fact, another what that has moved me towards my why is a, a web series that we have out now called Break Time. So every Wednesday at 3 o'clock, you should subscribe to the, to the channel. Uh, we do a series called Break Time on YouTube. So 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode. One episode in particular I'm about to show you a clip to. We were in, uh, we were in Winston-Salem. So Break Time, this is how it works. I travel the country. I do stand-up comedy probably an hour, hour and a half at an event. And in the middle of my show, I'll just sit down and start talking to the audience. And funny just happens. Or I'll meet somebody who's really interesting. So I met this one guy, and he said that he teaches music at a school. I was like, all right, you teach music, you know, um, can you sing? And then uh, I'm just going to show you the clip. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so um, let, me get a couple, let me get a couple bars of, like, uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. That bro could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Uh, now, once you give me the version, is if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick, if you know which version I'm talking about. Just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved. First time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. 
The second time I asked him to sing, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what has more impact because you're walking in or towards your purpose. When you know your why, you have to know your why. Your why changes everything. Everything. So my why is to coach, teach, train, to spiritually advise others, to help them see their vision and reach their higher purpose. That's my why. I know that's why God put me here. That's my why. My what is playing drums. My what is walking a client through a workout. My what is rolling out a soccer ball for a bunch of kids and teaching them the game. My what is public speaking. Your what can be anything, and it gives your why a completely different impact once you know what your why is. Every one of us in here has a why. There's a reason why God put you here. Now, because of everything we've had this morning, we've heard this morning, here's why that's so important. When you walk in your why, worship isn't something you do. It becomes who you are. That's the difference. When you don't know your why, you'll do what's good, but not necessarily right. And there's a difference between the two. Um, all right. So here's, here's a stool. Now, if I take the stool and I cover it with a beautiful piece of fabric and I put it out in the front lobby and I put a plant on top of it, walking out the door, you'll make a comment about how beautiful the plant is. You won't mention anything about the stool. You don't even know it's a stool. You just think it's a really nice side table because I've got it covered with a piece of fabric. What I've done with the stool is good because it serves my purpose. What I've done with the stool is good because it displays a plant at the right height. The function I need to use it for is awesome. What I've done with the stool is good but what I did with the stool wasn't right. Because the stool's crowning glory is when someone sits on it. That's what it was created for. It wasn't created for you to put a plant on. It's not its purpose. It was created for you to sit on it. So its crowning glory happens when someone sits on it. As soon as someone sits on it, it has achieved all of its honor, it has achieved all of its glory, it has achieved what God put it here to do because it was purposed in someone's mind to craft wood for that reason and that reason alone. Make sense? All right, so now, let's take a look at Jeremiah 1.5. You're good. 
Right, so this is what God tells Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. This verse applies to every one of us. Three factors are in play. Before I formed you in the belly, number one, I knew you. So God knew you before you were formed. Not as you were formed, not after you were formed, but before God even formed you, he knew you. Which means you existed before you put in your appearance. Right? You existed before you put in your appearance. Before God formed you in the belly, he knew you. And we understand that in Scripture that word know indicates a place of closeness, a place of intimacy. We know that that's what that word stands for. God knew you. You existed before you showed up in your mother's womb. That's the first key. The second key is God sanctified you. He set you apart. Number three, God ordained you. So let's go back to your why. Your why, what God placed you here to do, is something that only you have been sanctified for. It's something that only you have been ordained for. Nobody else can do it. No one else can. So your job is not to worry about what anyone else is doing, but to pay attention to what you've been set aside to do. So let's go back to the stool. The stool, its crowning glory, is when you sit on it. The stool is not going to sit in the kitchen and get mad at the table. The stool won't do it. The stool doesn't look at the table and say, I'm really upset because people get to put their plates on you. No, the stool knows its glory is when people sit on it. So the stool never gets mad at the table. The stool never gets mad at the plate, the knife, the fork, never. The stool knows its purpose. Most of the reason why we have difficulty is because we don't know our purpose. We don't know our why. And we have to spend time with God to find that out. Why do we have to spend time with God? Because God's the only one who knew it before he formed us. No one else does. You can't figure you out. You're not that smart. Trust me, I tried it. I have tried it, all right? You're looking at, I grew up in church my entire life. My dad's pastor, evangelist, you name it. I have been in just about every church setting you can think of. You're looking at someone who didn't want to hear anything else about church. Say God to me one more time. <laughs> Did not want to know. I've tried to figure this out on my own. Didn't work out too well. Because God knows what he put me here to do. So I had to go back to the creator and have a conversation with him because he's the one that put all my pieces in place. So this is what God tells Jeremiah. I know all the plans. I got it. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. So now, Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's look at how this continues to unfold. I just mentioned this verse. 
For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So God already knows your end because God knows your beginning because God put the whole thing in motion before he ever formed you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Another version says, I know the plans. I know the thoughts I think towards you. If you want to know where you're supposed to go with your life, you have to know what God thinks of you. It's God's thoughts. It's not yours. Now, why is that so important? Thought life is a very, very important thing because everything in your life unfolds off of your thoughts. Everything. Now, on average, we think between 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. The average human. 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Of those 60 to 80,000 thoughts, about 95% of them are the same thoughts you thought about yesterday. We're that much creatures of habit. Of those 95%, about 80% of them are negative thoughts. How am I going to get this bill paid? Why is this person at work doing this to me? Why is my boss treating me this way? What the heck is going on with my kids? I don't think I can make this deadline. I can't get this bill paid. That's where we go with it. Those are routinely our thoughts. The question you have to stop and ask yourself is, do you want those thoughts that you are thinking about to show up in your life? Because if you don't stop thinking about them, they will. Where your life is right now is a sum total of your thoughts, your words, what you've said over yourself, whether you knew it or not. So I have to know God's thoughts for me because my thoughts about me keep getting me in trouble. My thoughts about me haven't worked so well. So I've got to know how God thinks about me. I know the thoughts I have for you. So I have to change my thought life. I've got to know how God thinks about me. Thoughts that you keep thinking become a belief. A belief becomes a habit. A habit becomes your personality. Your personality becomes your personal reality. You never see things as they are. You see things as you are. So you have to change who you are. Because, yeah, you're the problem. I had to realize that. So I'm wondering why all of this stuff is going on. God, why is all this stuff happening in my life? I don't understand why this takes place. I don't know why this is this way. I don't know why this is this way. And I'm standing in front of the mirror and the Holy Spirit says, yeah, it's you. You're the problem. Well, God, I just don't. It's you. But God, I just, it's you. And I'm really hard-headed. So I refuse to believe that the problem is me. 
But I also understand that you cannot argue with God and win out. I've tried it a bunch of times, up one way, down the other. I've even tried to get all spiritual with God, if you can imagine that. We try anything. It's God's thoughts towards us, not ours. We have to change the way we think because it's about how God thinks. That's the key. All right, so now, let's go back to the why. We'll go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. So let's talk about the why a little bit more. Why are we here? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, gives us the original mandate. It tells us why God put us here. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. They will rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals. Are you good? Over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. God put us here for one reason and one reason alone, to have dominion. That's why God put us here. That's the original mandate. Everything else that you will read in the Bible backs up that statement. Everything else. God made us in his image and his likeness. He made us in his image and his likeness and put us here to do one thing, have dominion, to do exactly what he was doing in heaven. He put us on earth to carbon copy that. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? On earth as it what? Is in heaven. That's why God put us here, to have dominion. That's the original mandate. That's it. Everything else that you read in the Bible backs that up. Now, We have been given a specific area that we are supposed to have dominion in. All of us. So just like I talked about before, my area of dominion is because I teach, I train, I advise. That's my area of dominion. When you are in your area of dominion, you will flow, you will rule, you will do exactly what God placed you here to do. Everyone else operating in their area of dominion makes the world a very different place. And that has been our issue, is that we do not flow in our area of dominion. Because we don't, we don't treat others as if they are Jesus Christ standing in front of us. If you want to end strife, Treat the person in front of you as if they're Jesus. No matter what the problem may be, whatever's going on in our society, whatever's going on in our culture, it stops if we learn how to treat everyone else as if they're Jesus Christ. But we do that by knowing our area of dominion, by knowing why God put us here, by knowing what we are to do. So why is this important? It is important because 
Your area of dominion is literally where you live in that place of what God, for Adam, was his Garden of Eden. Every one of us has a Garden of Eden. God made it and then put you in it. It's your area of expertise. It's made for you to rule. It's made for you to have superiority in and over. It's just for you. And it happens when we know why God put us here. Everything hinges on that, knowing your why. I think one of the reasons why this is so important to me is because I spent a long time not knowing why God put me here. I was told a lot of different things. When you grow up in church, you hear, you should be this. You should be that. You know, your dad's doing this. Don't you think you're supposed to? This is what I see you doing. And I was cornered into a lot of what everyone said about me and me not knowing what God intended for me. And I tried to fit into everyone else's mold. So you tried to say things the right way. Make it look good. Make it sound good. Just give it the church feel and everything's okay. And I did that for a long time. But that's not why God put me here. And if you don't know that, then yes, you will be discouraged. If you don't know that, yes, you will be apathetic because you don't know how to live passionately. Because God is a God of passion. God is a God of destiny. God is a God of purpose and desire. And it's how we are created to have dominion, to rule. That's why we are here. And when we do that, Everything changes for us and around us. People look at us differently because we're walking in our purpose. We've been set apart and ordained. Set apart and ordained doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be up here. Some of us have been set apart and ordained to be the best teachers in the world. Some of us have been set apart and ordained to be the best doctors. Some of us have been set apart and ordained to be the best mechanics, the best fashion designers. You all have an area of expertise. But when you operate in that, you get to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And that's why we're here. I am so determined to help everyone whose path I cross understand that there is more to life than them just existing. That's not why God has us here. It's not to just go to work, come home, go to sleep, get back up, do it again the next day. God has us here for so much more than that. And it is always about knowing God's thoughts for us. Um, Another verse, Psalms 
chapter 139, verse 11. This again just talks about God's thoughts. I'm sorry, Joseph. (laughs) Yes, sir. Verse 11. That's okay. All right, so we're going to read through a few verses here. We'll start with verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the light, the night shall be light about me. You good? Keep going. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Side note, be careful how you talk about yourself, because you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Watch how you put yourself down, because you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not your own creation. So you don't have the right to belittle yourself because you didn't put you here. So don't do it. You don't have that right. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance. So I had a substance before I had a substance. You get it? Yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuous, which in continuous were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. So before my days actually came into existence, God already knew all of them. All right? How precious are, uh, let's go back one. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned. All of my days were in existence before they ever came to be. I was already formed by God before I took form. This is how important thoughts are. Because thoughts are where you allow something to take form before it takes form. Get it? All right. Verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am with thee. That's how many thoughts God thinks towards me. 
I get to take ownership of that. That's how many thoughts God thinks towards me as an individual. And I get to ask God every day, God, what are you thinking about me today? God, what's on your mind about me today? And God gets to tell me, I have to go there before I start thinking all my crazy stuff. Because that's what gets me in trouble. But if I can go to God and I can ask God, God, what are your thoughts towards me? All right, so God's got an answer for that. So we'll look at that one. This is Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. Joseph, I promise lunch is on me. Now, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. But now look at this. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, not the sky, the heavens, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I have to know what God thinks of me. Because this is the only way I can achieve everything that God destined for me and everything that he put me here to do. So now, again, why is this so important? Let's look at um, Psalms chapter 8. Got a couple of verses there. Psalms chapter 8, we'll start at verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Again, still talking about God's thoughts. God's thoughts towards us. What is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visitest him. All right? This is how God thinks about us. God has made us a little lower than the angels and has crowned us with glory and honor. Right? Pay attention to that. God gave us glory and God gave us honor. Now, we talk about glorifying God. We talk about honoring God. But remember, God gave it to us first. You just read it. We talk about glorifying God. We talk about honoring God. God gave us honor and glory first. But why did he do it? Here's why. To make, thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things under his feet. That's why God gave us glory. That's why God gave us honor, for us to have dominion over the works of his hand. And when you do that, then... The crowning achievement for all of that is you living a life of worship. You living a life where you don't glorify God, you are glory. 
It's not you not worshiping God. It's not you not glorifying God. But you do it because it's who you are. So you transcend. It's no longer something you seek to do. It becomes your person. It becomes your nature. All right? Um, So let's close here. Without knowing your why, without knowing your purpose, without knowing what God has destined for you to do, we then try really hard to live a life based off of works. We try to live a life based off of effort. And this isn't about effort. This is recognizing who you are. This isn't about working your way into or working your way toward. It's more you understanding that it is who I am. We are God in human form. When we look at each other, we should understand that we are looking at the best expression of God in the earth. Because that's who we are. We tell each other all the time that we're the hands and feet of the gospel, but I don't think we really understand what that means. I don't think we really get it. We just say it because it sounds good to say. So when someone asks us, who are you? Yeah, we say, I'm God's child. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we give all those answers because it's the right thing to say, but do we really believe it? Do you really know that you are God in human form? You are the expression of God in the earth. So we go from looking for healing to becoming healing. We go from looking for prosperity to becoming prosperity. We go from looking for peace and joy to becoming peace and joy. I am that. So we don't look for it. We live in a place where we recognize we are. So when we pray to God, We no longer pray to God as though God is in some far-off place and we want him to come to where we are. We recognize that God has been there with us the entire time. When we're in trouble and we look at God and we say, God, come deliver me, God wants us to understand, I've been standing in the middle of the problem with you the whole time. I ain't going anywhere. I'm right here. But we pray to God like he's over there, and we want him to come here. God, do you see what I'm dealing with? Come rescue me. And God's saying, I'm here. So we need to understand that the next move of God in our life will be the move that we make. 
It's really that simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. So when we say we want God to take the next step, and I'm waiting for God, I want to see where God leads me, and God looks at us and says, the minute you step, I just did. Because that's how it works. God is not separate and apart from us. God is in us. We say that God is in our heart, and we say that God is in our life, but I think sometimes we struggle with understanding that we literally are the embodiment of God. Holy Spirit, come. I'm right here. God, come. I'm right here. God, where are you? That voice that you just heard, that was me. God sounds like you. God looks like you. Thanks for listening.